Welcome back to 24's podcast, best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. I recorded one podcast, releasing Saturday. I'm going to record another one. I got, like, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Pause the music. Like, I recorded a podcast of me, like, opening up packs. It's an extremely nerdy podcast. That's the actual title of the episode. It's coming out Saturday, not today. I... I just wanted to get it out of the way before Saturday. And also, like, all of my packs came today. But it's like, I just remembered, like, how cocky I was on Saturday night. Like, being like, Ben Ashkren, 1,000% is going to win this fight. And then I was able to, like, I was talking about it Saturday, if you didn't watch Saturday's podcast, where I was trying to, like, find, like, somebody on YouTube who was, like, streaming the fight or whatever, because I didn't want to go to one of those, like, weird sites try and stream it and people were getting away with it so i was like cool i'll just watch it on youtube and as i was like watching the fight the first couple of seconds i was like all right this looks good ben ben looks good and then he started to like try to grapple jake paul and i was like that literally looks like nate robinson and this isn't looking good already i was i was kind of skittish on ben um before the fight even began because of his weight like, he just didn't look good. He didn't look cut at all. And then when he started to try and grapple with Jake Paul, I was like, yeah. I thought he was going to stand up and box. He did not stand up and box. I think he would have had a better chance if he'd stood up and box. But nah, he didn't throw the fight. He just got knocked the fuck out. That was a great right hand by Jake Paul. I, I'm i disappointed in Ben Askren. I, I, like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to watch Ben Askren fuck Jake Paul up. And it, it didn't happen at all. Now, um... I mean, Connor, it, it looks like that probably is the money fight because, uh, good God, uh, Ben Ashkin versus Jake Paul fucking, I don't know where Brad Pitt has been during the pandemic, but he was there. All those performers were there and like, like Justin Bieber performed and like all this other crap. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man, uh, there's a real like market for this shit. But yeah, um, wasn't good. That wasn't a good night for professional fighting because this fucking YouTuber came in and beat the shit out of a professional fighter. Wasn't even close. In the first round, too. Unpause my music. <clears throat> Anyways, um, kind of a shorter podcast today. Not really a longer one. We're only going to be talking about draft coverage. We're not really going to be getting into the stuff that happened today, like Alex Smith retiring. I don't even know. Pause music. I don't even know if I'll get into that, to be honest with you. It's kind of like bang, bang. It's kind of like, all right, I'll maybe talk about it for a couple of minutes and then it's over with. But, um, yeah, I, I saw the Deshaun Watson stuff. It's probably going to headline tomorrow. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll probably figure out some other stuff. I was, like, I was doing, like, a lot of – unpause my music. I was doing, like, a whole bunch of mock draft stuff today and things of that nature, and it was just, like – it took up so much of my fucking time. Pause the music. It took up so much fucking time today for me to, like, do certain – I was up last night doing mock draft stuff and then I was doing it it took up so much fucking time on my day to day that I was just like I mean it's like 11 o'clock right now and I was like still doing like 
maybe not mock draft stuff, but just like draft stuff, preparing, uh, preparing for like next week. And I think I'm done. I like, I think I'm done. I had to like cross out some stuff that I was like, yeah, this, this is going too far. This is just, this is just ridiculous. Um, we'll get into some of that. We'll get into a lot of that on pause my music. Excuse me. I was like burping during this podcast or during this episode, but it's like, we'll get into all that stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, can't wait to get into it right here on 24's podcast. I got some premonitions coming up very, very quickly. Shortly, very, very shortly. Lyrically amazing, but I have nothing to say. But then when I put out revival and I had something to say, they said that they hated the awake me. I lose the rage, I'm too tame. I get it back, they say I'm too angry. I need to give me some drapes. No, I should hook up with Takey. Fans keep on pulling me. One way haters pull me in, another got more hooks in me than Swaley. About to pick up some weights and lift to my tattoo with Haley's face stretches. They said I'm just a whiner. I sound like a baby. I really don't like cutting out Eminem when he's, you know, fucking just spitting out, you know, just hot bars, you know, I really, really hate it, because I was just like, I don't know if I should just end it now, or end it when, you know, end it when the song is over with, like, to be honest with you, you know, to be honest, I just, I just don't like it, what is this, what is this, I'm trying to find premonition on YouTube. Here we go. Not on YouTube, on Google. And it's like, literally, if you if you like go to the lyrics and if you just like look at it, there's no verses. It's just bar after bar after bar after bar after bar. Or not verses, excuse me. There's no cor- choruses. It's just bars, hot bars throughout the entirety of the song. All right. So... Let me kind of explain what's going to happen within the next week. So, the draft will happen essentially in the next week. We're going to be casting it on Thursday of next week. We're going to be looking at it. It's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of... It's going to be probably the longest podcast since the Super Bowl. It's going to be one of the, uh, the longest podcasts that, you know, that we had in like the last couple of months. And um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be... You know, a really, really awesome experience. I, I really put in a lot of work into the podcast this year versus last year as well. And I still feel like super, super unprepared for it as well. But I mean, I always feel unprepared for things that I'm fully prepared for. It was like I didn't put in like probably 10% of the work into the draft just because I was ignorant. And I it was my first year covering the NFL as well. Was it? Was it my first year? Yeah, it was. It was like my first year covering the NFL, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was after the 2019 season and before the 2020 season. It was like my first year covering the NFL and I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was excited. That energy, that enthusiasm kind of like took me to having a really, really awesome um, you know, mock draft or not mock draft, but just draft and things of that nature. It was just a really, really fun, you know, little ordeal. But, um, you know, we're going to be a little bit more professional. We're going to get in. We're, we already, like, I already have, maybe not my big board, but I, we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. But, yeah, like, um, I don't remember how long last year's draft was, last year's podcast was. I, would, I think it was, like, somewhere close to, like, three, four hours where we just covered every single pro- podcast, or not podcast, but prospect, 
going into the NFL for the first three rounds? Is it like, let me kind of look it up. I wonder if I can't just like go on my DVR for like a week, a week into the future and see if like they already have it scheduled. Um, I'm already at like five, three. That's way too far. Where's the draft? It's like four. Let me go back a, a day. So <clears throat> yeah, it's like a three and a half hour long broadcast. We'll be like pausing in and out. Like maybe not in and out. And we'll also be like fast forwarding. It starts at like eight and it ends at like 1130 at night. That's the first day of the draft. Let me go ahead and record. Bang. 2021. First round on ESPN. I think the NFL Network has like, yeah. Has like essentially the exact same coverage. But the difference between the NFL Network and the NFL. Not the NFL Network. The the ESPN and the NFL Network. Is I think it's like on ESPN. I, I Like, I, I don't know. I think it's like on the NFL Network. It's like it's something weird, right? They cut away. Or something like that? I'm not sure. So it's like on Friday, it's like four hours, right? So it's from like 7 to like 11, 30. Let me just make sure. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. Let me get the second one. Bang. And then what happens like Thursday? Oh, yeah. It's like midday. So they have the draft. From like 12 p.m. to like 7 p.m. It happens a lot earlier in the day because it's a, a lot longer. So I'll be watching that one on my own because Jesus Christ, like the players that go in the four, uh, in the fourth, fifth, and sixth, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds are, I mean, they're not really that important. So yeah. Um, one broadcast is almost four hours. The other broadcast is four hours. So yeah, they're going to be our longest podcast of probably of the year, to be honest with you. Cause there wasn't a combine. And I think the combine for me was like five hours long on one day. And, um, this got kind of close. No football. I, I try and get most of the football games in, <clears throat> in like two hours. So essentially it's like, it's two hour long podcasts for football games maybe three if they go into overtime or something like that which usually never happens i mean the super bowl was pretty was essentially like every single other one for me at least so yeah got a lot of stuff to cover when it comes to the draft and we're gonna start by saying this so for the draft i kind of talked about the situations and um i kind of wanted to be ready for the situations specifically and exclusively for the first round because I can kind of like look at my big board and look at the players that are going to be there in the second and third rounds and just be like, okay, this player is here. And um, I like I don't really need to kind of have a group of players to, um, to select in the second round. Specifically because it's like the amount of players that I would have to like weigh when it comes to the second round would be so vast and so like large. Um, that, uh, that, that it would like, like it, it would be an incredible amount of players. Like we're talking like, I mean, some of the players that I have going in the first round, the permutations that I have in like the first round are like ridiculous. I'm like, 
there are some teams that I'm like, you need this specific position, and there's these players at this position that I like, and then there's these players that you may or may not draft and things of that nature. But I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Let me kind of back up here. What exactly am I talking about with permutations and things of that nature? Essentially, the main focus that I tried to do this today and even yesterday that, like, I fucking lost my mind doing was essentially figuring out, like, how many different players could go for each and every single position. Now, some people are going to say, some people are just going to be ridiculous and say, well, technically speaking, um, it, like, there's hundreds, if not thousands of players that can go at X position at, you know, um, <clears throat> at, like, the first round, or, or not at the first round, at the, at the number one overall pick. And it's like, yeah, but, like, let's be reasonable about certain things. They're probably not going to get a wide receiver um, tight end, maybe, at maybe Cal Pitts, but it doesn't look like it. Um, defensive lineman, uh, like, let's just say that the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't, aren't going to get like a, 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 like a defensive player because there's just way too little defensive players that would even be taken in the top 10, maybe certain, maybe horn. Um, and then we can also like kind of handshake and agree probably definitely no running backs, definitely no wide receivers, maybe not definitely no wide receivers, but maybe like Jamar or Devonte. I'm not really sure, but it's just like, I don't know, man. It's just, <clears throat> it's just like so much, maybe not so much, but it's just like, we, like we, we can get into semantics essentially. We can get into, yes, like, like the technicality of certain things, but it's like, I don't want to get into semantics. I don't want to debate, you know, like, like the, the, the arbitrary things and things of that nature. I just want to debate. And maybe not debate, but I just want to like look at this situation logically and intelligently and kind of break it down so that way we can kind of have like a pretty decent picture of what could potentially happen in the draft and things of that nature. And does this include like mock drafts and situations like that? Like kind of, but not really. Because this isn't like one player per team. Essentially what I did today and yesterday was I essentially said, all right, these are the players that I think could be taken here and or these are the players that um, I believe should be taken here. And what that essentially means is that there's times where it's like, I kind of I did a little bit of both, right? So it's like I originally sometimes I had mock drafts where I was like, all right, cool. Um, this player is a player that I think the team should get based upon my opinion. And then there was another mock draft that I did, and I call and I constantly differentiated between what I believe what would happen, and then another mock draft, another situation where I would be like, okay, my bad, I'm looking at something, sorry. But then there would be another situation where I would be like, all right, not based upon my opinion, but based upon what I believe these teams would do, this is what I would do, or not this is what I would do, but this is what I believe these teams are doing. Right, and that's how I drafted in another mock draft or in other mock drafts. So I mean, <clears throat> I didn't really like that format. I didn't really like what I would do versus what they would do. I kind of like merging of the minds and kind of picking out a lot of different players that I think I and these other teams would do, and it would kind of have this collaborative list of players. 
I apologize if that was really, really hard to explain or if that's really, really hard to understand. I, I get it. There's a lot of different moving parts here, and it's it's very, very difficult to explain and even to process and things of that nature um, just because of, you know, the complexity of certain things. Not to sound big brain or whatever. It's just it's just a hard thing to to, you know, to explain, I guess, and understand, especially when the explanation is terrible, which I think like it kind of was. So again, like, like the TLDR is essentially, I made a list of teams uh, or not of teams, excuse, excuse me, of players that I believe based upon my opinion will go to these teams and, or, and also more specifically um, players that I believe that teams will select just based upon their own opinions and their own scouts and their own evaluations. Let me plug in my computer and we'll get started. Hold on. Alright. So, essentially, the goal of this exercise is essentially on, like, draft day, and I'll essentially be referring to the this page, to these notes on draft day to essentially understand like the situations that I'm in uh, or that the situations that these teams are in. And essentially I got this idea. If you're a fan of video games and esports and stuff like that, I essentially got this idea from the way that league of legends coaches, how they essentially um, draft not players, but characters within the game. They have a journal, they have a list of characters that are characters that are great for where they're, um, for the position that they're drafting and the team composition, not compensation, but the team composition that they want to form and that they want to create and things of that nature and the way that they want to play. They formulate, they have like all of these players or specifically characters, you know, in, the, in their journals on these lists and they essentially have target fans. They have like all of this information and I was like, that's a really, really intelligent way to look at the drafts, not necessarily via like, hey, this player or these groups of players are my top 50. Or, hey, these players are in a mock draft or whatever. It's more along the lines of, I'm going to have a list of players per team for the first 32 picks that I think are going to go and things of that nature, and we'll keep it pushing. All right? All right. I think I may need to also turn on my light as well, but we'll kind of see. All right. So, <clears throat> as I go to my list here. All right, and you'll kind of, and I'll kind of point out some themes because there's times where there's common themes with certain players and teams, and I'm like, this team needs this player, this team needs that player, or this maybe not player but position, and it wouldn't be like egregious, for example, for them to draft um, that position. Like for example, if Jacksonville is going to nab, or if or if they're like uh, they're drafting obviously first overall, they don't need a position. Um, Maybe not they don't need a position as a great way to describe it, but they but but it's like the position that they should be targeting, the position that they should be looking at is the quarterback position. Because the quarterback position has, I believe, the most value at number one with Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Versus, for example, you know, um maybe Panea Sewell or Sean Slater or whatever. Like I think quarterbacks is Right, now, right there with the Jacksonville Jaguars is like, I think that's the prime position that you want to be in 
for Jacksonville. You got all the quarterbacks that you want. You got Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and things of that nature. And those are the guys that I have for Jacksonville. Like at number one, I'm like, okay, cool. They got, they got, um, they, they, they can get the potential quarterback of the future that they want and that they need at number one overall. And they can just keep it pushing. Like the second round, they can get a tackle on Alex Leatherwood or Liam Eichenberg or Jalen Mayfield or Samuel Cosme or, you know, maybe Tevin Jenkins or Christian Derrishaw falls. I don't really know where most people, let me look up Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft. Cause I don't, I don't really know where people have those players. I have those players like as mid first rounders to like, like 15 to like 20, you know? 25, excuse me. Like, I'm like, I think that's where Tevin Jenkins, Christian Derrishaw should go. But I don't know what other people think. I think they either DJ NFL Network, right? I don't really know where other people have them. They could have them, like, as early or as late. As, like, I'm not sure. I'm trying to fucking look up Daniel Jeremiah's, like, mock draft here and they just I don't know the NFL all of the NFL network sites are just good god man can we like can we get like can we modernize our sites please goodness gracious dude what is this shit I feel like I'm like 80 years old freaking like trying to read this site dude what the fuck is this How many articles are just from today? There's like 20. All right. I'm just going to press on like NFL reporters and find Daniel Jeremiah. And um, we'll kind of just go from there, I guess. Oh, gosh. Daniel Jeremiah. It's not in numerical. There he is. I'm like, is it in numerical order? Yeah. I was like, okay. All right. Boom. Bam. All right. Cool. All right. Where does he have? Hold on. Where does he have one of the offensive linemen? Really? When did he post this? Okay, he posted this like three weeks ago. I was like, I was like, isn't this the Quiddy Pay mock draft? And I was like, good God. I was so out after after he took Quiddy Pay at number 10. I was like, terrible. No, incorrect. He has Gregory Rousseau. I'm interested to see his next mock draft because a lot of this, like Gregory Rousseau at 18th is incorrect. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker shouldn't like what happened at the top end of this draft. I think he was just trying out different shit, but it's like Jalen Phillips at 14th, JC Horn. Okay. That makes sense at 13th overall going to like the chargers. I'm like, that makes sense. They need another corner. Christian Darisaw goes 21st. Makes a lot of sense. Tevin Jenkins goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers again. Makes sense. So yeah, like Tevin Jenkins is 24th overall and Christian Darisaw is 21st. So I said like 15th to 25th. I think I like said 15 to 20th initially and I misspoke. I meant to say 15 to 25th. But yeah, like 
mid to late teens, early 20s is where I would have him. And this is circling all the way back to Jacksonville, right? Because I said, essentially, you can take your quarterback of the future, and then you can go into the, like, the second round and take an offensive tackle. But something interesting kind of happens with the Jets, or not the Jets, but with the Jags. Because they tra- traded Jalen Ramsey a couple of years ago, they also have the 25th overall selection. So there could be a situation where if you're the Jags, you're like, cool, we get our quarterback, but then we also get an offensive tackle potentially in Tevin Jenkins or Christian Derrishaw. So again, again, kind of talking about situations, but again, we'll kind of address 25th overall uh, later down on the podcast. It's already been 30. I'm like, has it already been 30 minutes? I haven't really talked about anything that much. Anyways, um, so yeah, for the Jags circling back to their selection, again, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson at number one overall. Pretty pretty easy selection. By the fucking way, Mortal Kombat comes out Friday. I'm, I got it. I'm ready. I'm ready for it on HBO Max. Shout out HBO. Shout out Warner Bros. Selling out, not going to theaters. Shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out. I love it. Like, I don't want to ever have to go back to movie theaters ever again. I didn't like movie theaters pre-COVID-19. I don't like them after. Way too expensive for way too little. I can literally pop, pop. I literally, I literally have better snacks, better chair, more comfortable here. I don't like, does anyone, I gotta, I gotta say this. Does anyone go into like a movie theater and sits down and their seat is damp? You know, one of those like foldy chairs, not the recliners, but the foldy chairs. I sit in my seat. And it's like somebody has been cold sweating in that seat for like an hour. It's like, why are these seats so damn damp? I don't understand it. I don't understand these movie theaters. I don't like, can you get a, can you get in a dehumidifier into your seat? Is that how you clean the seats by like spraying them with some type of antibacterial mist? If it is also have a dehumidifier because the seats are too way too damp. They're disgusting. I hate it. It makes, and then on top of that, they're too cold. They're damp and they're cold. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't. I, I will. I will not take my children once I have children to the movies unless they beg me to go to the movies. I, I, I will still have to really, really consider. I just, I dislike going to movie theaters. I dislike it. I, I hate the price of the popcorn and the soda. I hate how much they give me because I'm not going to finish it all at the movie theater. And then it's like, I mean, I, 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 I can just go on and on and on about how much I dislike movie theaters. But yes, like, damp seat, really? Movie theaters, get your shit together. Sorry. <clears throat> Anyways, Jacksonville at number one overall. Good God, this is going to take a long time. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Pretty easy. Next up with the Jets, and I won't name every single player that I have listed here because I have for the Jets... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wow, it looks like way more players, to me at least. But I have Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Pania Sewell, Rashawn Slater, Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith, and Jamar Chase, or Jamar Chase. Now I'm sounding like Vach Lombardi. But it's like I have seven players, and I'm not going to talk about every single player. Again, we're just going to talk about themes and concepts. So again, the Jets, they kind of need a quarterback. Not kind of, they definitely need a quarterback. I don't really know if they have a starting quarterback. I don't know where Joe Flacco is, but I'm assuming he's not on the football team anymore. But they need a quarterback. They can get one pretty high. Same concept with Jacksonville, where it's like you can get a lot of value out of the quarterback position at number two overall. 
However, like, obviously, there's other positions where you can just get an insane amount of value, like, for example, Panea Sewell or Rashawn Slater or Kyle Pitts, for example, and you're like, like, if the Jap- if, if the Jets, excuse me, like, if they get Kyle Pitts or Panea Sewell or Rashawn Slater, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because you can always go out and you can get, for example, a quarterback either later on in the round. I really, really like Kellen Mond. I think he's a first-rounder, masquerading as a second-round draft pick from most people's perspective. But in the case of, like, the Jets, it's like if they were to draft, like, a, a non-quarterback position, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Now, you'll kind of hear me say it makes sense if they don't get, you know, this player or this type of player or this position or whatever. Let me also preface this by saying this. I don't think there should be any player defensively that should be drafted in the top 10 outside of Dallas selecting Patrick Sertain at 10 or maybe maybe um, the Broncos selecting a defensive player like Micah Parsons or Jeremiah Wusukormo at 9 and or maybe Aziz Ojolari as well. We'll kind of see about that. See about that later on. Or they could just trade down and not draft in the top 10. I don't know. But yeah, the Jets, a lot of different options there. Um, offensive line, tight end, wide receiver, quarterback. A lot of different options for the Jets, um, depending on what they want to do. And when, where, and why, and stuff like that. So, number three, 49ers. A lot of people believe that it's a smokescreen with Mac Jones. Regardless, they're taking a quarterback. They spent way too much of their uh, of their of their draft picks this year and last year going up in the draft. So it's like, if it's like an offensive lineman, I'm like, dude, you probably could have gotten someone as good, if not better, if you didn't move up so many slots or you could have found somebody. And it's like, I don't know if they would have gotten an offensive lineman because it's like, they already have Trent Williams. They can make like, like, yes, they're in position to get Pania Sewell, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know. There's other things you could have done to essentially get like an. I, I don't think it, I don't believe it's an offensive lineman. I don't believe that's that it's a wide receiver. If you told me that they were going to get Pania, not Pania, uh, uh, Kyle Pitts, that makes a lot of sense. But unless it's like a quarterback, then it's just. I mean, it's just a waste of a pick to me. Mike, you guys are essentially shell shocked. Not shell shocked, but shell, shell shellacked, shacked up. I don't know how to say it. But you're essentially married to the quarterback position now, now that you spent all of those picks to move up. This is essentially what I was trying to say. Oh, yeah, the Lakers are getting their asses whooped. It's like 71 to 56. I wasn't watching the scoreboard. I was just watching the game, and I was like, oh, wait, uh, the Lakers, they're down by, like, 20 points. It's like, why am I watching this? When I could be watching, like, three or four football games of Justin Herbert not Justin Fields, but Justin Herbert, that I have recording just because it's like, or that I have recorded, excuse me, just because it's like I wanted to watch them. Let me see. Football, NFL football. Who do I got? New England versus Seattle. I'm trying to find it. I only have two games. All right, that's fine. I have the Chargers versus the Dolphins. I'm like, the Chargers versus the Saints because I wanted to see what would happen. I wanted to see 
that game again. I thought that, like the Chargers were up by like ten points, and then they started to run the football, and the Chargers weren't. They were up by like I think twenty or fifteen or something like that. They were up by like two scores, and they just started to run the football. Like it was the fourth quarter, and with like eight minutes left, and I was like, Jesus Christ, you got to keep on scoring, man. Keep on scoring. Back to 49ers. Way too much compensation to not get a quarterback. Uh, they need it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like I turn on the game. The recording was a little bit delayed. And it's like literally. Apparently it's a two attack of Aloha showcase. Apparently it's not a Justin Herbert showcase. But it's like uh, the Dolphins special teams had just blocked the Chargers punt. Because the punter had bobbled the snap. And um, and it looks like the Dolphins are going to get the ball back at inside their, like, five. So this isn't a Justin Herbert showcase. This is apparently a Tua showcase. <clears throat> Anyways, 49ers select a quarterback. We can debate who, but they're going to select a quarterback at number three. Falcons at four. Again, similar themes to the, the other three teams. Listen, man, if you're the Falcons, don't don't be cute about it. Draft a quarterback. Like, as much as people are talking about Kyle Pitts to the Atlanta Falcons, it's like, dude, you don't have a quarterback long-term. So it's like, if you're if your coach is going to be here long-term, then you should definitely get a quarterback long-term. Because I don't think Matt Ryan is going to be the quarterback long-term for... Did I have to burp? No, I just have to hiccup. Sorry about that. But I don't think Matt Ryan is going to be the quarterback long-term for the Atlanta Falcons. And um, I'm not sure about Julio. I think I think they want to kind of get rid of him just because it's like he's been here for 10 years and he's a big hit on their salary cap and he costs a lot of money and he was injured and stuff like that. And they have Calvin Ridley and they need to pay him kind of soon and they don't want to pay two wide receivers, it looks like. We'll kind of see about that. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they took Kyle Pitts as well, even though they need a quarterback. It's kind of like, it's kind of what I was talking about earlier on where I was like, what I would do is draft a quarterback, but what they would do is probably get a tight end in Kyle Pitts, which isn't a bad – he's not a bad player. He's one of the best players in the draft. It's just that it doesn't fit right with, you know, <clears throat> with the um, with the needs of the football team, you know, and also the players that are there. Sometimes it, like, sucks to sometimes draft for, like, need a couple spots higher – than what you would want, like a player that maybe like three or four, you know, slots lower than where you are. You know, you have to pick them because they're, you know, there's not a good enough player in the next round. So you're going to have to be like, yeah, we got to move up or we got to take him a little bit earlier than we would want. But it's like, it's better than not having him and things of that nature. And that may be the thing that the Falcons may do in things of that nature, where they're like, we got to get a pass catcher or something like that, or we got to get Kyle Pitts, even though there's nobody like Kyle Pitts. But it's like, dude, just like get a quarterback. Get a quarterback, tap into the draft, like easiest selection for you. Again, if you're the Falcons, I don't really know what they're going to do. But again, quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, um, Trey Lance, Kellen Mond. Yeah, I'm going to start saying Kellen Mond more because I think he's a first rounder. Um, that's, again, masquerading around as like a second rounder, third rounder for most teams. But to me, he's a first rounder, like mid early thirst first mid to uh mid mid to early first round i would say i think he's better than trey lance and um i think he should go in the, in the mid first rounds but he's a quarterback so that kind of bumps up his position as a prospect and yeah yeah give him like a year to two years to prove you wrong 
I mean, obviously he's not pl- playing right now, and I can't say definitively that he would be the best pick. But again, it's like he'll play, he'll play. Hopefully he'll pay for he'll play for the Patriots. We'll see. I really want to press on this Charlie Casserly mock draft 2.0. Because usually, I think I already saw it. Because it's like usually Charlie Casserly has like <clears throat> the worst mock drafts out of his cohorts. And I kind of wanted to see. Yeah, it's like it's exactly what I would kind of expect. It's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning of this, um, of this like evaluation process. Like, it's like Mac Jones at three, then Kyle Pitts, then Pania Sewell. He has, like, Micah Parsons going nine overall to the Denver Broncos, which kind of makes sense. And then he, like, smartly takes, like, Jamar Chase sixth and then Devontae Smith seventh. And I was like, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have Justin Fields going in the top, like, 15. Blows my mind. Blows my fucking mind. And then it's like Washington trades up for Trey Lance, and I'm just like, yikes. And then this is when things kind of go off the rails. Where is Justin Fields? He goes 24th overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then I was like, yeah, that's that's where the mock draft goes off the walls for me. It goes off the rails for me. Or it's like we're talking – to me, it's like it's the same thing that I was talking about last year with like Justin Herbert where I was like, it's kind of ridiculous that people were talking about him last year as if he was going to go in, like, the uh, the mid to early 20s. And I was like, that is not correct at all. To, like, the Patriots, I was like, I wish he would be there for the Patriots. Uh, I, I see – I feel like it's the same thing with Justin Fields. It's like, I think it's ridiculous to even say that teams wouldn't – like, the Patriots wouldn't pick him at 15th overall. Like, no fucking way. Who did they uh, take in, in his mock draft? Who did the Patriots take at 15th overall? I got to see this shit again. <clears throat> J.C. Horn? That makes sense. So does Justin Fields at 20, not 24, at 15th. I, I just don't get it. Anyways, <clears throat> continuing forward. So... Talked about Atlanta, talked about the Niners, talked about the Jets. Should I do this segmented? Because it's like, we're already 30 minutes in and we only have like five teams. We'll keep it pushing. We'll see what we can get done today. Or four teams, technically. The fifth team, the Bengals drafting fifth overall. They're, um, they're in a different situation because unlike the first four teams that are drafting, and you'll kind of notice this trend in like the top 10 besides Dallas. Like every single team within the top 10 needs a quarterback besides, again, Dallas. Shout out Jack Prescott. But um, essentially every single team within the top 10 needs a quarterback besides Dallas. Oh, yeah, and the Bengals, obviously. Shout out Joe Burrow. But... um. With the Bengals, they kind of just need help around the quarterback position, and that can be in the um, yeah, uh, in the in the form of like an offensive tackle and Pania Sewell or Rashawn Slater, or even an offensive, you know, or Elijah Vera Tucker, who I actually like a lot. And you can, you know, if you don't like him at tackle, you can 
stick at least Rashawn Slater and, and Elijah Vera Tucker on the inside, and they can play guard for you. You know, or you can, for some weird reason, I, I remember like as I was going through my guards, I had like all three of those players at guards pretty high, but I didn't have like Pania Sewell at like first overall at guard. It would be like Rashawn Slater and then Elijah Vera Tucker and then Pania Sewell just because it's like those two guys have played guard, I think, better. I mean, they've played guard. I don't think Pania Sewell has played guard in his NFL career. But I think those guys have played guard and that they can play guard at a better level than Pania Sewell um, can if he were to enter into the NFL. Or not if, but when he enters into the NFL. So the Bengals, they have a lot of options. They also have, you know, Kyle Pitts if he's there, which I, I doubt that he's there. And obviously the wide receivers, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase. <clears throat> and again, the same thing kind of follows with six where it's like, you can get an offensive tackle uh, as the Dolphins, Pania Sewell, Rashawn Slater, Elijah Vera Tucker, tackle or guard, you know, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts. Same philosophy, essentially, with the Bengals. Then you got the Lions at seven. Similar philosophy as the other six teams. Wow, now we're kind of hitting our stride here. Um, similar philosophies with like the other six teams, except, you know, you kind of have Jared Goff. So maybe you don't take a quarterback there. Maybe you do, but it's like, if you are the Detroit lions, it's like, you can select a quarterback and I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Or you can just say, Hey, we're going to get a wide receiver and we're just going to play football because, uh, that wide receiver or that tight end is our highest player on our respective board. But there's going to be like a player where I'm just like, yeah, that offensive tackle makes a lot of sense. And to be honest with you, if you ask me right now, I'm kind of leaning more towards that they're going to get an offensive tackle for Detroit over, for example, almost any other position with Dan Campbell and Anthony Lynn. I feel like they want to run the football and getting somebody to help in the interior or help in the exterior will really, really help out their ability and being able to do just that. Oh, that was a bad throw by Justin Fields and Justin Herbert, and he had Keenan Allen. Just this like quick out route. It was a crossing, crossing concept, and I mean Justin Herbert just fucking threw, just muscled his way through the football. Is seeing his offense out there? I don't know. They're showing Anthony Lynn. I think they are. I know they're not sending out their special teams. Showing Ty Long, two blocked punts in last four games. Now I'm watching the football game as well. Again, I have problems. Just got to get that ball away way quicker. There should cut him. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> talked about the Bengals. Talked about the Dolphins. Talked about the Lions. Also, by the way, another interesting aspect of the Lions. Again, we talked about how essentially if you're the Bengals or the, um, or the Dolphins, shout out Tua. They don't need a quarterback as well. You don't necessarily need to draft a quarterback, and you can kind of draft players to help out their quarterback position. This is where I kind of started with Detroit, where I kind of started to implement more corners as well. I didn't really see the point of drafting a corner fifth overall when you could help out your quarterback with Pania Sewell or with a whole bunch of different options at wide receiver. But what I kind of started to what – I, what I kind of like took an interest to with Detroit was I was like – all right, you got Jeff Okuda. If you really want to help bolster that secondary, your defense, 
you can help get, you know, you can go out and get another awesome corner and either J.C. Horn or, for example, you can go out and you can get um, Patrick Sertain as well. And you can be really, really awesome there with um, with the uh, with with the Detroit Lions and things of that nature. I don't know what's going on with Jeff Akuda. It could be that he literally just had a bad game. Or it could be that, uh, not a bad game, but a bad year. Or it just could be because, or it could also be compounded by the fact that he had terrible coaching. I'm not really sure. We'll kind of see what happens. But the Lions, they have essentially the same options. Offensive tackle, Kyle Pitts, wide receiver, and also cornerback with like J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain. Oh yeah, and I also put in quarterbacks as well, like Kellen Mond, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Eighth overall, Carolina Panthers. Um, they have a, a quarterback with Sam Darnold. Not a big fan at all. But um, I get why Jake Tapper traded for him because it's like, yeah, we kind of need a quarterback besides Teddy. Or Teddy is going to have a really, really awesome year again. Or he won't. We'll kind of see. But if I was um, Carolina, if you felt really, really confident about your quarterback position to me, and, and if you had the ability to get another offensive lineman, I would. Um, if you didn't have the ability to get Pania Sewell or Sean Slater, you can then just transition into going defense and getting a defensive player. Uh, for me, it's Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn. That's kind of one of the top-tier guys for me. But uh, I'm, I'm not passing up on an offensive lineman. If I'm any of these 10 teams for the most part, if I am if I get Pania Sewell, if I get Rashawn Slater, if they're there at whatever position inside the 10 or outside the 10, I just won't pass up on them. I'm just not going to do it. I always kind of talk about it. The analogy that I kind of use now is um, essentially eating your broccoli and your chicken breasts before freaking eating, you know, um, your cheesecake and your key lime pie. Essentially, you know, taking care of yourself first, your body first, before you kind of, like, treat yourself, you know? Uh, Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith are kind of the cheesecake and the key lime pies of the NFL. Uh, Pania Sewell, Rashawn Slater, they're the broccoli. They're the Brussels sprouts that are going to keep you alive for longer. So, eat your Brussels sprouts. If you're already eating your Brussels sprouts, then go ahead and have a big old slice of key lime pie. All right? All right. Broncos at 9... <clears throat> similar situation as the Panthers. In fact, uh, uh, the exact same situation, except they don't really need a whole lot of offensive players because they already have, like, you know, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler and, and Noah Fan and Melvin Gordon. They don't really need offensive players. You could make an argument, a strong case, that they need help at the offensive line. But beyond, like, O-line... Maybe defense. I'm not really sure. I haven't. I don't remember like which position Ronald Darby plays. Whether he plays in the slot or as an actual. By the way, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. I'm watching this football game a little bit. I'm watching Tua take over from like inside his own ten or inside his own like fifteen. Dude, Tua's slinging it right now. Apparently, people just didn't watch him week ten against the Chargers were. Two is fucking slinging it, bro. Rolled out to the left because he's a lefty. Threw an awesome bullet to Tyler Gusecki. 
I gotta talk. I, I gotta talk about this for a couple minutes because when I said like, you know, I don't think it's crazy for Miami to not get Kyle Pitts because of how much they like Gasecki. Dude, like Gasecki, kind of like they're in these like weird ass formations, dude. Like where they will max out on protection almost. Type of, type of, like, is this, do they have three tight ends in the game? Like, one wide receiver? Let me check this out. One, two. Yeah, they have three tight ends, bro. Hold on. Dude, they have four? No, they have three tight ends. My bad, yeah. Yeah, they have three tight ends. And do you want to know where they're all? I got to talk about this for a couple of minutes, right? Miami loves to use their tight ends, right? I, I, It's not that I don't think that they won't take Kyle Pitts, but it's like some certain tight ends on this football team, on Miami, do certain things. Like on this play, it's like second and eight, seven minutes, 23 seconds left in the first quarter. If you have the opportunity to watch this play, it's an interesting play because it's like, you know, it looks like a running play by all means and all metrics. And it's this weird passing play where certain players will protect Tua and other players like Gusecki will just go out and catch and catch this like deep over route. It's even it's not an over route. It's kind of like a jerk route, really. And he's in line like he's it may not in line, but I mean, technically he is. He's like he, he, he's in a three point stance, right? But he's kind of like. And he's not, like, on the line of scrimmage, right? Because they already have five offensive linemen <clears throat> on the line of scrimmage. And it's just, like, it's weird to see Gusecki, right, get out there and, you know, run this jerk route. And then it's also weird to watch, like, 81 pass protect Tua as he rolls out to his left. It's a fascinating play call. And they have two guys. It, it, no, no, no. It's not even... It's not one guy that's in pass protection. It's two. Gusecki, because they see it, it, it's in zone. They're in a zone coverage, right? And Gusecki, they just freaking let him go because they're in a zone concept. And he gets through, like, two guys chipping him. Fascinating play call. Whoever is Miami's offensive coordinator, that was a really, really smart play call. And it was like a 15, 20-yard gain. Like, they go from their, like, 13, 14-yard to, like, I think to their 30. It's a really interesting play call. And then Tua throws an absolute dime to Kaseki. That's a beautiful job. And again, three tight ends. And they max out on pass protect for the most part. I mean, Kaseki's the only guy that's getting out there. And it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, they, they go from like the 15th to like the 30, the 13th, 14th to like the 36th. Again, it's like, Again, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like, it's not that I believe that Gusecki, and they're still in that weird-ass formation. It's like three tight ends, one back, one wide receiver. It's not that I believe that Gusecki is better than Kyle Pitts, but it's like, with what they do down in Miami, I just, I don't see it, man. And the reality is, it's like, I, like I, again, I didn't watch a lot of Miami, but it's like, if Miami, like, if this is the base set that they want to be in, if this is the base personnel that they want to be in, like, three tight ends, I don't know, man. 
they already seem to have maybe you get another offensive lineman maybe you get maybe you do get a Kyle Pitts and maybe he's now a guy that can kind of get out there as well and or he can kind of help out with pass protection and he can help chip and you have that third tight end out there to block maybe I can see it going both ways for Miami but their form, whoever is their offensive coordinator is a fucking, I get it. I get what that guy's, I got to write that down. I get what that offensive coordinator is doing. Who's the, I, I got to look up this guy. Who? I got to pause it. I got to, because that, watching Miami now with Tua is just so trippy, bro. I, I got to, all of my journals falling. I got to talk about this. Who is Miami's offensive coordinator? That guy is super smart. Who do they get? Apparently they they've hired two offensive coordinators. Apparently he was with the the Houston Texans before he went to Miami. Which, if you told me somebody on Bill O'Brien's crew would be, like, calling really, really awesome play calls. I got to pick up, like, some of my pens here. Would be calling, like, really, really awesome play calls. I would be like, shut your damn mouth. I mean, he is. He's calling, like, some really, really awesome play calls. Some schemes and some formations. And, I mean, he understands certain personnel sets. And he's not afraid to get out of certain things. And give defenses different looks. And spread them out i mean it's just interesting he'll he'll go from like having a formation that is very very like you know i don't know what the proper terminology is but it's kind of like claustrophobic where a bunch of football players will be inside the box just because of like you know you have three tight ends uh, you know essentially in line and essentially you know about to block or about to get out there or whatever and then you have this other formation that has like you know, a bunch of players kind of in like the spread offense, you know, style. Where it's like, essentially, it's like four out wide, right? And then they run the read option. And then it's just like, who's the offensive coordinator? Who is this guy? I'm going to talk about this tomorrow because this is like, this is so weird to watch. Miami's offense. Yeah, people just didn't watch Miami's offense or they don't understand what they're doing. I get it, and I love it. It's so smart. It's so clever. I always talk about, like, certain guys being top-tier guys when it comes to offenses. And this, this guy, whoever, is, whoever is, is, is calling plays and putting in game plans and stuff like that, this is really, really smart. Using fullbacks and running backs and tight ends. and I mean, I love Devontae Parker, but I mean, they're doing, I mean, they're doing everything. They're running so many, they're running motions and things of that nature. And I mean, they just got this fucking like 15, the, the Chargers defense have no idea what they're doing. I'm watching the Chargers. They did uh, like, I, I literally stopped talking about the draft because of just like, this is really, really awesome. This game plan that the Chargers are putting, not Chargers, Dolphins are putting forward. I tip my cap to them. Mm. Let me go back to the Dolphins here. 
It was like, whoever they get at sixth overall could be like a major contributor to this offense. <clears throat> Excuse me. Awesome contributor. And to be honest with you, I I would go like again. I'm I'm kind of like seeing how they play and like really analyzing it now versus like having to cast it or whatever. I'm I'm going uh, like I'm fucking uh, like I'm going Jamar Chase. I'm like we have an awesome tight end. We run these really really weird sets where we have three tight ends as block maybe not as blockers but as like inline you know tight ends essentially in three point stances. We're in the, the spread offense. We have Devontae Parker. If we have that one-on-one coverage or if it's a zone coverage, I want Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. A lot of options. Miami. And then you may even want to get another wide receiver later on as well. I don't know. But they aren't running traditional sets down in Miami. They're very tight end dominant. So that may lead to, all right, we have enough tight ends. Maybe we don't need another one. Or we can get an awesome pass catcher. And we compare with Gasecki. But th- when I tell you, man, they get it because they're just like, yeah, we're going to take advantage of the mismatch that tight ends provide. And if we can take advantage of that, dude, I could see it going both ways with Miami. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I'm talking myself in circles right now. It's like I could see Miami literally going both ways for two. I could be like, yeah, we're going to get a quarterback. Not a quarterback. We're going to get a um, an offensive lineman. We're going to get another tight end we're gonna get another uh, you know a wide i can see it going both ways i can see it going both ways i'm still kind of leaning more towards jamar chase but again i can see it going both ways with Kyle Pitts as well anyways going back to kind of talking about scenarios here and i think we'll kind of stop kind of shortly because i'm not gonna lie to you i kind of wanted to take a nap before let me hold on I don't know. Is this, this is, I think they have a co-offensive line, not a co-offensive line, a co-offensive coordinator. Let me, hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me figure out who this OC is. Let me give him his credit because this is really, really smart what they're doing. Hold on. I don't I think it's I think his name is Chan Gailey. Yeah, Chan Gailey. I mean they're doing some really, really smart things down in Miami, let me tell you something right now. They are doing some really, really smart things. Like things that you look at like twice and three times, like the you know, the, the matchups with the tight ends. Dude, I'm watching the Chargers. They don't know what's going on. They do not know what's going on. It's a massacre out there. I'm watching this guy, 37. Doesn't know what's going on. Does not know what's going on. Again, let's talk about situations a little bit more, and then we'll kind of peace out because it's like, you know, again, you know what I'll do? <clears throat> what were we 
we at? We were at like Broncos, right? We'll we'll do a couple more. Do a couple more. And then we'll kind of peace out because some of these picks are kind of like, especially once you get into the late 20s, the mid to late 20s, early 20s. Essentially, it's like, all right, these players, if they're there, take them. Like, for example, if like J.C. Horn for some weird reason falls, take them. If Elijah Vera Tucker is there, then take him. You know, Tevin Jenkins, Christian Darishaw to me is like, again, in the mid to late teens, early 20s, maybe mid 20s. You know, take these guys. I don't really know of a football team that's in the 20s that doesn't need a awesome offensive tackle. And those two guys are probably two of the best. But, um, I don't know. We can kind of run ourselves in circles. Broncos, I think I kind of... No, I didn't talk about that much. So, a lot of people are making much ado about nothing when it comes to Micah Parsons as a pass rusher. First and foremost, he's not a pass rusher. And this is kind of something that I learned when people started to talk to me and when I started to listen to my guys talk about uh, Micah Parsons. They kept on... Like, like people were, were essentially talking about the prospect of him potentially coming a pass rusher. But right now he's a blitzing linebacker, right? He doesn't necessarily, he's not right now a linebacker that like a blitz, like, like somebody who, who plays the linebacker position that can almost, that can also blitz and do all that other stuff is, is like a TJ Watt. Like Michael Parsons is not TJ Watt. Or like as like an Aziz Ojolari. Like if you're talking about a linebacker that can actually hand in the dirt, like Joseph Osai, Aziz Ojolari, hand in the dirt pass rush, that is those guys. Aziz Ojolari, Joseph Osai, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? That's not Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons to me is a more physical he, the, the the allure with Michael Parsons to me, it's not what he actually can do, but it's the potential of what he can do right it's his ability to potentially be able to drop back in coverage like jeremiah wusukoromoa and then potentially also <clears throat> put his hand in the dirt or stand up and pass rush while also potentially um uh, 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 uh be, not potentially excuse me but while also being a a um a run stuffer that's an awesome back shoulder throw to number 11. Is that Devontae Parker? I think it is. Yeah, number, I mean, I'm, I'm like, you you put on Miami tape, you put on Miami games. I didn't know his jersey number, but I know who he is. Like, Devontae Parker, dude, fucking flashes, bro. Yeah, it's not a touchdown. He only got one foot in, but that's a hell of a catch. He, like, one hand goes over the top over Casey Hayward Jr., Fucking Tutty. Fucking Tutty. One-handed. Shout out to Tua. Back shoulder fade. Gotta get two feet in, Devontae. But, I mean, that is a spectacular catch by Devontae Parker. I turned on this game looking for Justin. Hey, bet. I am in love with Miami's offense. Going back to <clears throat> the draft again. Micah Parsons, he's not a pass, he's not naturally a pass rusher right now. He can develop into one. He can develop into a pass coverage linebacker. Right now, he's more of a run-stuffing linebacker who is extremely athletic with a lot of upside, right? That's essentially what he is. That's the allure of Micah Parsons. And um, 
can teams develop him into the run, not the run stuffing, the pass coverage, the pass rushing linebacker that people say he is right now? Yeah, of course. But is he that right now? No. Which kind of begs the the uh, the question, you know, whether or not teams to draft him that high. And it's like, I don't really know. To be honest with you right now, it's kind of, it, it kind of just depends on like, how comfortable people feel with his development and how he would fit with their uh, with their scheme. I think with the Broncos, he would be an awesome fit, which is why I was like, oh, Charlie Casterly, that makes a lot of sense. Michael Parsons, ninth overall to the Broncos. Uh, they don't really need a lot of defensive help. They also need help when it comes to maybe secondary, maybe. Not really sure. But yeah, Michael Parsons, great pickup for the Broncos as well. Cowboys at 10. Again, Sertain, J.C. Horn. Those are the picks that you kind of see constantly Kyle Pitts as well the offensive tackles Rashawn Slater excuse me Panea Sewell etc etc just you know a lot of players that make a lot of sense when it comes to the fit uh, protecting Dak Prescott or helping Dak Prescott when it comes to his ability when it comes to their ability to get him you know you know um, uh, players and things of that nature I mean I'm watching the chart not the Chargers Dolphins again going from three tight ends to spread offense concepts and boom there he is grant senior and i mean it's just a fucking i mean i think they even have like a fullback out there running routes yeah it's like any and it's a lot of pre-snap motions as well it's like it, it gives Tua the look that he wants and i was like this looks like maybe one of those like you know jerk routes like it's going to the guy in the slot it's a bunch formation three by two right side of the football field it's like it's grant that has that has this like little hole that he sits in in between two defenders and i'm just like it's just real it's 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 the bread and butter of some of these teams maybe not the bread and butter but it's this like really really awesome play that a lot of teams just have where it's just situational football where it's like you know, the defense just, it's so fucking hard to play it if you're in a zone concept because a guy will just sit there. And um, it, it's like, it's an, like the intention is, yep, to like create space where it's like if you overcommit on one guy or one person, if you overcommit on one guy, you leave this hole in the zone for a guy to sit down in. And I mean, fucking Grant Sr. just fucking sat on it and had an easy touchdown. Shout out to him. It's like 14 to 0. In the first quarter, bro. Really, really, really love the Dolphins' offense. Just saying. Anyways, um, <clears throat> yeah, Cowboys, essentially the same thing. Defensive players, offensive linemen, Kyle Pitts. Really, there's not a need to draft a wide receiver. Uh, you could do it if you want to, but you're... I mean, the acknowledgement is, essentially, you're going to move off of Michael Gallup, but I have no idea how they're going to fit in Jamar Chase. I mean, technically speaking, you know, speaking of spread offense concepts, I saw Dallas running some spread offense concepts, and I was like, you know, the other day when I was watching, like, a lot of Dallas football, I was like, holy shit, like, they're, they're, they're putting guys out there in, like, three-by-twos, and it's like, it's Zeke out there as, like, as essentially the fifth guy. And I was like, you can just like, and it, it was like Dalton Schultz and obviously the big three, Amari, CD, and Gallup, and then Dalton Schultz or Blake Bell, and then it was Zeke. And then you can just take Zeke off the field and like have Jamar Chase or somebody like that be a better option, or you can take Mike, uh, Michael Gallup off the field. 
hell, you can take the tight end off the field and have him have Jamar Chase essentially take over that, you know, that position. Or Devontae Smith, if you're going to draft a wide receiver, essentially. A lot of options if you're Dallas. Continuing forward. Um, number 11, the Giants. <clears throat> the Giants and the Eagles are essentially in the same situation. Where you could get... I, I don't believe they'll take a quarterback, and I don't think they should take a quarterback. I think both of them kind of need... Hold on. I accidentally exited out of the uh, the football game. Sorry about that. But it's like, if you're the Giants and the Eagles, essentially it's like wide receiver and corner, you know, and offensive line as well. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith makes a lot of sense for those two teams. Jalen Waddle as well makes a lot of sense for those two teams, especially in the division that they play. And there's very, very little quarterbacks, or not quarterbacks, but um, cornerbacks that can potentially counteract you know, um, Devontae or Jalen or Jamar in that, uh, in, in, in the NFC East right now. So I like, I think that it would be a really, really good matchup for those two football teams in the NFC East to draft a wide receiver and also an offensive lineman as well. Like Elijah Vera Tucker, Rashawn Slater, Pania Sewell. It doesn't have to be the big two Pania and Rashawn. You could get an Elijah Vera Tucker and I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but you know, again, Again, it can be those players. It can be Rashawn Slater. It can be Elijah Vera Tucker. It can be Jamar, Jalen, and um, and Devontae. And some players I'm just not even going to name because it's like, you know, I feel like it's kind of obvious at some point, like Kyle Pitts. I feel like it's like, yeah, if, if he falls outside of the ten, the top ten, every single team needs to be making phone calls and trying to get at, get at where um, wherever he is falling to, whether it's 11, 12, or 13. It's like, yeah, go out and get Kyle Pitts. Anthony Asul. But yeah, like the Eagles and the Giants, offensive tackle, offensive guard. <clears throat> um, also potentially like like two wide receivers as well could be going there. And I talked about it for like a couple of months. I was like, I mean, when um when the draft like positions came out, I was like, yeah, like you know, it wouldn't be that far of a stretch to essentially say, like, yeah, like, you could see Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle both playing in this division. Or two, one of the, um, one, one player from that uh, trio playing in this division. Or, like, two of that trio playing in this division. And it's like, it looks like it's kind of going to happen. So, Jalen, Jamar, Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith. Oh, yeah, the corners, Patrick Sertain. J.C. Horn as well could potentially be here as well in the NFC East. I, I think, you know, I think that could potentially happen as well. Again, if those guys aren't there, but I mean, Jalen, Devontae, and Jamar should all be there, or at least one of them should be there. But we'll kind of see what happens. Lakers are going to lose this game. I swapped back to the Lakers game. It's 105-83. LeBron, come back. They need you, dear God. They need you. They are losing a whole bunch of basketball games. So yeah. Um, Giants, Eagles essentially in the same situation. Chargers at number 13 are in a little bit of a different situation. I wouldn't mind it if they, for example, got a wide receiver as well. But um, 
especially kind of seeing separation against the Dolphins that Keelan ha Allen had, which was essentially zero. But yeah, I would love to see you know them get another guy, uh, Jamal, uh, not Jamal, Jalen Waddle. You know what they need? They need more downfield threats, man, because they have nobody. Maybe Guyton, maybe. But it's like, who's their like downfield threat type of guy? And it's like, I don't really know who it is. So maybe like I could definitely see them getting, for example, like a Jalen Waddle or Deami Brown. Deami Brown is more my guy than the NFL's guy. But yeah, it's like if you told me like, yeah, Jalen Waddle goes to the to the uh, to the Chargers, number thirteen. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Or if you told me, for example, that the Chargers were like, yeah, we need help out offensive line. We're gonna get Justin Herbert some offensive line help. It's like, yeah, that makes sense as well. Or if you told me like Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn, it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Moving on to the Vikings. Vikings at 14th. We'll stop at like 16th overall and we'll probably continue this later on in the week. Or we'll, fit, we'll, we'll stop at 15th. So Vikings at number 14th overall. I mean, there's a lot of different help. They need pass rushers. If you told me that the Vikings, for example, were to take like Aziz Ojolari here, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. You pair him up with like Daniil Hunter. Plus their defense is like super gutted. Like you pair him up with like Daniil Hunter and um, they got Patrick Peterson this offseason. But if you also told me, for example, that they also were to get, for example, like a certain, not a certain, yeah, like certain if he falls or JC Horn if he falls, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You can take a lot of different players there if you're the um, <clears throat> if you're the Minnesota Vikings, like a pass rusher. A um, you could take maybe Micah Parsons there as well. You could take a corner there. You could take a whole bunch of different players there if you're Minnesota. But you know, and you could also take an offensive tackle there. I wouldn't really take a wide receiver there because I think that some wide receivers aren't great fits there. But you know, we'll kind of see what happens. Yeah, we'll kind of see. We'll kind of see what happens. Elijah Vera Tucker is going to be there, maybe potentially. Maybe one of the big two falls. I'm not really sure. Now, if I'm the Vikings, oh yeah, you can also get a tackle. Christian Darishaw, Tevin Jenkins, Samuel Cosme. Again, Rashawn Slater, Panea Sewell, Elijah Vera Tucker. We'll kind of see what happens. Final team we'll talk about here today, because I am mucho tiredo, and I, what didn't I do? I didn't read my book today. I didn't read Snow Crash today, and I was supposed to read it, but I mean, I was just like, <sighs> I, I remember I was like, I'm going to read it tomorrow. I'm going to read it tomorrow. As I was like saying it tomorrow, I was like, I'm going to read it tomorrow, and I was like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> but it's like, I got fucking, I recorded like two podcasts today and i'm just like i am slammed today i think we're like getting close to like three hours worth of podcasts being recorded i mean it's like i'm watching essentially miami just and tua i have so many things to do i i wanted to watch like two four hours worth of football today and i just i just didn't get around to it i wanted to read so i work so much on the mock draft and 
I mean, we only covered like 15 positions and I kind of like went super fast on it. But it's like, I didn't read Snow Crash. I didn't do some of the stuff that I wanted to do today. Which kind of sucks, but you know, tomorrow will come. I'm just busy. Anyways, uh, Patriots at number 15th overall. Another team that I believe could easily get a corner. Maybe not a corner. Oh, that's a terrible snap that Tua just fucking chunked that football up in the air. And I was like, oh, dear God, is that an interception? And he's like, nope. Devontae Parker said nope, which is why I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, Miami, they're so, and they lined him up in the slot, too. And there he goes again. Yeah. Two and Devontae, they just fucking, they just keep taking advantage of, I got to talk about this, because this is like an awesome, awesome game by Miami. Like, I'm watching this football game, and it's like, I don't know, I don't, I could see it going both ways. Like, I don't know who they could take, because I like Devontae Parker a lot. He's not Devontae Adams. It's easy to get their names confused. But it's like, I like Devontae Parker a lot. He's like the hidden gem to me of the NFL. He's an awesome wide receiver. And I like Tyler Gusecki a lot as well. And he's like, to me, a hidden gem of the NFL as well. And it's like, it's not like the offensive coordinator from Miami doesn't know how to use either one. He perfectly understands how to use both. It's just like, and I talked to, I think I said it a little bit. I was like, whoever they get is going to be like a really, is going to benefit mightily from this. <clears throat> from this um, offense. And, you know, as much as Tua gets, like, a lot of shit, you know, for no reason whatsoever, I'm watching Tua play. Dude is, like, in, in a pretty complex offense against, you know, zone coverage and zone schemes. He's processing a lot of this information incredibly well. He's making some really, really awesome throws as well. Like, he's essentially what Baker Mayfield... I would expect Baker Mayfield should be right now. Now, in Tua's case, he's missing some balls. Like, some of them are way more errant throws. Like, there's a couple of them. But it's like, there's some dimes that he's putting out. And then he's just, it's just bang, bang, too. And some of these throws where it's like, all right. Like, at the cross, at the top of this crossing route, uh, Devontae Parker is just going to, oh, that's a beautiful, that's, oh, my God. That is disgusting what he just did. It's the, it's the tight end shovel pass. There's there there's a lot of sexy in this in this offense, man. I'm gonna start saying that from now on. There's a lot of sexy. It's that shovel pass that Mahomes uses, and um, it's like third and two, 12 minutes, 28 seconds left in the second quarter. It's 14 to zero, and there's that little shovel pass. I'm telling you, they use tight ends in such a smart way, and this tight end is offset, and I think they had this pre-snap motion or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, they had this pre-snap motion. That was drawn up to confuse Melvin Ingram, and it was a shovel pass to the tight end. Bang, easy money. That's a beautiful job. I don't, I don't know how defenses defend against that shovel pass. I really don't, cause there's just, there's just so much fucking action going, and they give all of these like really, really. What is going on? Oh my god, they're making the Chargers defense look stupid. <laughs> They're running this like fucking wildcat with, with like a wide receiver and somebody else, right? And a wide receiver and a running back, and he like he tries to get the edge on the right side of the football field, and then he like, 
he's like, oh, wait, this is a bad idea. He cuts it back to the left. The offensive line gets back in their blocks. And then he takes it up the field for like six yards. And I'm just like, yeah, they're making the Chargers defense look stupid. Hold on. I was like, who's the, who's the, I was like, I was about to say, it's like, isn't Brandon Staley the defensive coordinator for the Chargers? It's like, no, he's the defensive coordinator for the Rams. It's just the Chargers players are just in so many bad positions. Shout out to Perry. He was like a quarterback last year and he's a wide receiver. I think his name is Mike Perry. Shout out to him. He, he was the, he's technically a quarterback that I think they transitioned into wide receiver. Shout out to him. But it's like, holy shit, man. I I just... Watching Miami, it's like, damn. Offense is cooking right now. Like, stupid. I gotta, you know, I always say this, man. I always say, like, with certain teams, I'm like, I gotta watch this team. I talked about, like, I usually watch my favorite teams. And now I'm just starting to be, like, super impartial to the majority of the NFL where I'm just like, yeah, I gotta watch, like, a lot more football. You know? I'm like, I, gotta, I just got to record more football games and start watching them. I'm telling you, man, you learn a lot of... Oh, God. That's like the second terrible snap of the game by the center. Maybe get another center, Miami. This guy, like... We're talking, like, a couple of really, really bad snaps here. It's like third and one, and I think they're trying to sneak it. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're trying to do. But, I mean, it's like their second bad snap. And it's like Tua has to chase this guy down, 5'9". And then it's like the tight end has to come in, Shaffin or something like that. It was a fucking great drive. The bad snap had happened in, like, the red zone. And let me see it. Maybe it was on Tua. How does Tua bobble this? How, how is this a bad snap on the center? Oh my god, it's a bad snap. Tua's under center. No, it wasn't Tua's fault at all. Get a new center. Uh Miami. Get a new get Landon. Get somebody. No, they don't have a top second round pick. Miami, get a center. Fucking get a center. Cause this guy can't snap the football. I'm watching Tua under center. The center. How do you how do you have a bad snap under fucking center? He's under center. Like the center. Has had two bad snaps, one in the gun, and one in under center, and it's uh, like under center is stupidly easy. It's like, dude, he's under center. I don't get that at all. But it's like, yeah, um, have have a better snap center, because that's fucking ridiculous. Like, that wasn't on Tua. It's like the literally, it's all it, that it like it's a handoff. It's a handoff, and he he literally hiked it to Tua's ankles. Let me see it again. Yeah. Like the announcers are like, yeah, the like this the center is like freaking hiking the ball to two of shins. It's like my guy, it's a snap. It, it, like, you got to be better. You're a veteran. Come on, man. It's like, that's the second bad snap, low snap. And it was an awesome drive by two. It, like, they could have gone like 21 to zero up on the Chargers, potentially. It's like, what are, you, what are you doing? All right. Final team, Patriots once again. I talk about it. I'm like, I won't shut up about it. Patriots, 
you know, I was kind of debating on them potentially getting a, um, you know, a quarterback here. I'm like, you know, take Kellen Mond in the second round because people are low on him. And more likely than not, the teams that are in front of you aren't going to take him. So take him in the, in the sec in the second round and get you an awesome wide receiver. Get, for example, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle and, and pair him up with the guys. I would take a possession receiver here, you know, because they don't really have a possession receiver for the Patriots. And if Devontae Smith falls, then take him. If Micah Parsons falls, more likely than not, then take him. You know, if JOK falls, which is, you know, the Patriots' wet dream because he can do literally everything and the Patriots love to love a player that can literally do everything, then take JOK out of um, Notre Dame. That's an awesome pick to me. You know, take an offensive lineman. There's so many different ways that if you're the Patriots at number 15 that you can go if you, um, <clears throat> you know, it, not if you're at 15, but you know, because you're at 15, there's just so many awesome positions that you can get at 15th overall that could help out your football team exponentially that um, that I f feel like are really, really awesome fits for the Patriots as well. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, first 15 picks. I think we'll do, I don't know if we'll do the rest tomorrow, to be honest with you. Um, just because it's like I kind of want to talk about what happened today and whatever. But, you know, we'll get through the rest of my situations when it comes to football and things of that nature. But, yeah, it's like, I mean, an hour and 20 minutes. Did three hours of podcast today. I am exhausted. I'll see you tomorrow for more sports and things of that nature. We'll probably address some things that happened today and, uh, one of the reasons, by the way, that I didn't cover some of the stuff that I covered is that I just don't have the documents in front of me. Like, for example, the Deshaun Watson situation. We've been we've been better at covering covering it than everybody else, and um, we've also we've also done a way better job at reporting on certain things and reading documents. And we've actually done our due diligence versus literally everybody else in the media. So I kind of just want to um, to stay on that course and. I mean, I can't find Rusty Harden's statement that doesn't have... I can't find it. Like, I... Hold on. No, I still can't find it. I, I literally cannot find um, Rusty Harden's... Is this it? What is this? I don't know. Like, usually Rusty Harden's site, like, usually delivers these, like things these like you know these documents the day after they're released so i don't really have them and usually he links to them via his website again i don't have them i don't know like i don't know where he filed them i don't know if they're court documents or whatever the uh, most obnoxious thing about the media is that they will never ever 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 and this is like the thing that pisses me off about journalists in um in sports is they will never ever 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 link to their source ever within their fucking um within their fucking like like articles they will never do it it pisses me the fuck off because it's just like it's literally a hyperlink within your fucking article that you can't fucking that you can't be bothered to do for some weird reason and it's like i i i just don't get it and or they fucking link to their dumbass article within their own site. And it's like referencing something that happened on their site that they reported on earlier. And it's like, hey, fuckface, 
actually fucking link to the fucking piece of evidence or the or or the source that you're actually like reporting on. It's just lazy journalism. And not even lazy, it's just irresponsible. It's like holy shit, man, just link me the fucking thing. I don't need your opinion on it because a lot of pieces now are opinionated and they're way less informational. And it's like, I don't really care about your opinion. I just literally need the documents and people just won't give me the documents ever. And it's super fucking frustrating to have to deal with people who literally won't link at, at all. Like I can go to a fucking YouTube video and have somebody link me a article about something important that they're talking about. And it's like literally fucking just like the most obnoxious shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Should I cover it today? You know, let me read a little bit of it. Uh, live on air. I've skimmed some of it. I haven't really read a lot of it. I've skimmed some of it, but I'll kind of like... You can go. You can go. You're, you're free to go. I'm going to read the rest of this on the podcast. And things of that nature. Um... But again, it's like, but I, but again, it's like the thing that pisses me off. Ian Rappaport attained documents somehow, some way, and he like screen capped some of them. But it's like the third page within the document, and it's like Ian fucking like either either link me where you fucking got this. But to be honest with you, he was probably emailed it. Then it's like, bro, screen cap all of it and then link it, and not link it. Excuse me. But, like, literally screen cap all of it. And this looks like documentation, too. Because this is like a prayer. This looks like literal paperwork. This literally looks like... Pa- Hold on, let me find this shit. I'm already on the Harris County District Clerk's Office. I don't know if this is filed today. Here we go. I don't know if this is filed today or if this is filed like, or if this is going to be filed tomorrow. (sighs) I don't, I I just, I just don't know, but it looks like legal documentation. And I looked at Harris County's um, civil cases today and I just didn't see anything relating to Deshaun Watson. I even looked for like the last couple of days. I didn't see anything relating to Deshaun. Jesus Christ, there's a lot of, like, Phillips Water Irving versus Matt Dillick or something like that. There's a lot of documentation here. If I can't find it, then I'll just read some of it here. Or should I? I don't know. It's kind of boring. It's just litigation and stuff like that, and I don't really know. I mean, I'll read it tomorrow. I'm tired. I'll read it on my own, and I'll do some of this research tomorrow. I'll kind of just read the rest of this tonight. All right. I'm peacing out. I'll see you tomorrow. It's 1230. I'm tired. Peacing out. 24th podcast. Best video gaming sports podcast on the entire internet. Links will always be in the description down below for the preferred links or the preferred spots that you can listen to and subscribe to the podcast. I'm chilling out. I'm tired. I'm gone. Peacing out. I'll see you tomorrow.